my gosh. Hi, listeners. Hello. Hi, this is Kira. Before we get into this episode, just a heads up. This following episode, uh, we're talking about a movie uh, that includes some sexual assault. So if you're just not feeling it today, you can skip this one. That's cool. We love you. Um, Just a heads up. Shut up. (laughs) Let me talk. (laughs) I'll leave all that in. Christmas. I gave, I gave you, you my, my eyeball. Okay. And the very next day, I took your other eyeball. That's more of the 2006 That's one. Come on. yeah. Which, once we got into eyeball grabbing territory, well, no, there were a lot of things that made me say I'm over this, but sure. that was part of it. Anyway, this is Halloweeners. Hi. Hello. Hello. Happy holidays. <laughs> We both wiggled our fingers in the air. It is December. It's December. (laughs) Jesus is a baby. There's the line in... What song is that? Um, Telling scary ghost stories. Scary ghost stories. Where's that tradition? I would love to hear ghost stories. The only... I think that's it. I think that's the only scary ghost ghost story. That's that, Christmas. See, that would be a funny, like, holiday horror movie that, just like A Christmas Carol, but really amping up the ghost aspect. Because I feel like I haven't really... Spooky. That could be really well, scary. Well, the one that, like, <laughs> the, like, animated one with Jim Carrey from, like, ten years ago. Yeah. I remember it being very ghosty. Skulls. Zach Bagans was there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're there, spirits of Christmas past... <laughs> Show me <laughs> uh, myself Talk as a butt. <laughs> Bring me a whole buffet. Oh, that's the ghost of Christmas present. Sometimes he shows up with a lot of food. Um, oh, well, hi. Oh, hi, hello. Hard movie uh, that's Cody. That's Kira. This is a microphone. That was really weird. <laughs> I know, I don't know. <laughs> right away, I was like, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, hello. It's Christmas time. It's holiday season. So uh, we, a few years ago, did an episode on the original Black Christmas mm-hmm. from the 70s. Mm-hmm. An excellent film. Yes, highly recommend. Pretty good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and this year I was like, let's do one on... Because there's two yeah. remakes of Black Christmas. There's mm-hmm. one from 2006 and there's one from 2019. And I was like, let's do both. And then we watched the 2006 one. <sighs> and I think you were the one that was like, I don't want to. And I was like, nah, I don't either, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, um, it was just not enjoyable. And no. maybe it's something we can revisit later um, under like maybe sillier circumstances but i was just a christmas in july episode <laughs> yeah sure i just truly was not feeling it i i was not picking up but it was putting down no it was just like it's just so indicative and typical of like 2000s era horror tropes it's just really yeah. nasty and mm-hmm. depraved and doesn't look great yeah it's bleak and icky and the girls all look the same and they're incredibly thin they all look the same there's so many of them like <laughs> I was doing that thing where I, a lot of times, a peek behind the curtain, a lot of times the way I take notes during movies to record for this podcast is I will write down whenever there's a death. If it's like a, especially a movie with like a high body count, like a Friday the 13th or whatever. And that movie, I just kept being like, okay, she's dead and she's dead. And I didn't have their names because like there's too many of them and they all were just, to your point, like mostly like skinny white girls. Um, And... It just wasn't fun. I'm like, there's nothing to talk about here. <laughs> right. I, other than just saying, like, I just wasn't feeling it. Right. Which we can only say so many times. 
Right. So we decided, let's just not talk about it right let's now. Let's not. We're talking about it right now, but we're not talking about it. And that's the way that Holiday Cookie Crumbles. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about Black Christmas from 2019. Yes. Completely different time. Mm-hmm. Kind of completely different story. Yeah. Same bones. See? Nice. We, I think, had plans of doing this movie, if, I think, in 2020. Yeah, probably. But I think we got, like... I'm sure I was depressed or something. Oh, it was the, the novel coronavirus at all. <laughs> that was the, that Christmas was, was that, oh, I can't even keep, keep fucking track. Was it Delta or Omicron last, that I think that would have been. Because there was a, there was a, there was a, a, a spike in COVID. And because remember people had to like cancel their Christmas plans. You know, it's all a blur. We don't have to talk about it. It's fine. It's all a blur. It was a good time. We made it through. Yeah. We survived. To this, is that survived. bad to say? That's good. I don't know. Well. It is good. Anyways, we can anyway, it. Anyway, hey, Black Christmas. It's from 2019. Uh, so we're in 2019. Uh, Trump 19, is in office. Trump is in office. We just had the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Sure um, did. Brock Turner case. Oh, geez. And they mentioned this, but this is also inspired, I think, by Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah, just people who are very um, centered around the traditional roles of men and women in society and the idea of you know men do this women do that there's a um it's a natural thing like the red pill movement which is this idea that like feminism is you know something that is going against the laws of nature blah 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 blah, blah, blah. things i don't agree with <laughs> hot take but yeah and if you time. agree with them you're listening to this probably don't Oh listen to this <laughs> i bet you who it's that person who said that we have too much jazz hand energy i bet they are oh my god they, i forgot about that uh, I, I always remember that I is that. i'm so sorry like a homophobic microaggression totally <laughs> that's um that's so funny that's iconic we should just share energy. that comment it's so old who i cares? forgot i completely forgot about that I oh my god was that a review from like years ago um yeah it was uh, someone left a comment listeners uh someone left a comment on our apple podcast um you know comments area and they were like I don't remember. I think they were like, I was kind of into it, except for the jazz hands just, part just, or something. Just, just call me a faggot. It's oh, easier. This dumb... This faggot. This <laughs> butch dyke bitch. This faggot. This white little faggot. <laughs> so sad. I just wanted to hear them talk about Hellraiser and said they were gay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's so funny. I can believe it. So, 2019. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... It's that interesting thing where... Oh, I'm sorry. And, and Me Too movement had just happened. Me Too movement, heard so, of it, Women's March, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, not, not to be reductive, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it really was a... It still is, but especially I, I feel like in that era when all this is happening all at once, um, it was such an interesting like dichotomy of like two things in culture because like... I sound very smart right now. You know, on one hand, there's the uh, the ruling party in power and a lot of people with positions of authority and being granted new positions of authority were so backwards in their views of, and still are, views of, you know, gender expression and traditional roles of gender, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, so much of the culture is more than ever expanding those ideas of gender and um, feminism and what uh, men and women, in quotes, are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, that strange, you know, like, clash of, like, this democracy is not really reflecting what so much of the culture is pushing towards. In fact, it is pushing against it. And I think this movie really does represent that fairly well. It's a very, um, 
not subtle movie. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, it's very much has a message, and it's yes, very much reflecting the times of the coming to light finally for the first time in a main big way that hey, women folk, those who live lives as women, are treated poorly, and a lot of times the the white male in a situation is treated with a lot more respect and grace and they're treated as though their futures are more important than those of women. And this is seen also with, um, like I said, the Me Too movement was around this time. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of, oh, bodily anatomy? You want that? I mean, the original movie in 1920... Whoa! The original movie in 1924 (laughs) is a year after Roe v. Wade. And Uh um, so we still kind of are struggling with you know, the same issues we had in the 70s where it's, are we being, are women being seen as equal? Are their experiences being seen honestly? Are they being listened to? Are mm-hmm. they, um, are their lives as important and valid as that of their male counterparts? And yeah, I agree that this movie maybe is very not subtle in portraying that. I mean, literally one of the, 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 the villains are so villainous and so douchey that maybe it could seem comical, but I enjoy it. Yeah. And it's cathartic. And I think one of the main points the creators of this movie, or I, I'm sorry, one of the main goals that the creators of this movie had was to just make something kind of more accessible for young girls, um, which is close, which is why it has a PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were successful in that. I think this, I mean, yes, again, it's it's not subtle. And <laughs> maybe some of the editing is like a little unclear at times, but I honestly think it's a really great starter movie. And I think... It's a good reflection of what was going on at the time. Yeah, it is very clearly influenced by, I think Get Out really kicked off a specific era of horror, which um, Get Out was at the very beginning of the Trump administration. I think it was like a month after the inauguration that movie came out. And there's been so many horror movies since then that, um, maybe not so many, there's been a good amount of horror movies since then that have really tied in very... Time political and social themes into horror is absolutely nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I feel like we're at a time where it's less subtle than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Get Out, I think, navigates that with more grace because the themes and the screenplay are so strong and well laid out. But there's movies like there's the movie The Hunt and even things like the Halloween remake had moments of like... Yes, oh, very much. Whatever. Uh, especially Halloween Kills, I feel like, was really trying to say something about our capacity as a society for like getting swept up in movements Mm -hmm. without you sheep you sheep so yeah this is very clearly of its time i do think it is good i think it's enjoyable i do i do think it is not scary (laughs) i think like you said it's a good it is very very Mm pg-13 it's a very pg-13 movie in terms of what is shown and not shown Mm -hmm. especially compared to the original is pretty frightening in its imagery uh, and then the 2006 one is just gross. Yeah. Very, very hard R. And this is not that. I think of the most like clear example of the softening of the violence and the horror in this is um, the one thing that's like in all three of the, these movies, besides being said in like a sorority house, is there's always somebody up in the attic that like mm. is in a rocking chair. That's yeah. a victim is placed there. <laughs> and this movie... One of the characters goes up and finds this person in the rocking chair and we see that we see them from behind and there's Christmas lights all over them. Mm-hmm. But we don't see like what happened to them. We don't see their right. face. Right. We don't see any sort of obvious like 
you know, mutilation or anything. And you just see the other character react to it. And mm-hmm. it was very like, well, that's because it's PG-13. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, fine. I don't have anything against PG-13 horror in principle. I've seen some PG-13 horror movies that are very scary and very good. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I think this is, is very clear that they're aiming for a different audience than the other two were. Yeah. Which is fine. Which, I mean, that's iconic. Because how nice to say, hey, this is a movie that's kind of more accessible to... Or accessible to maybe more people. In a way that maybe... The 1974 version and the 2006 version mm-hmm. isn't. You know, it's a, it's a little less gross. I mean, there really isn't an, even any that much blood in this movie when no. they stab these like masked attackers. They bleed like black goo, so there's just yeah. less gore. Um, so I think that's also good for people who don't want to see a lot of gore and want to enjoy something that's a little right. Maybe on the ooky spooky side. And that's the thing is like, yes, on one hand, do I do I want movies to pull punches? Kind of ever, not really. But on the other hand. This is the third Black Christmas movie. (laughs) There are two other ones people can watch if they're looking for um, either a gorier time or a scarier time or a less politically obvious, um, you know, message movie. Yeah. So this movie did get a lot of backlash from people being like, yeah, it has like a really low rating on IMDb, which is like, you know, a good way to any movie that involves um, people of color, queer people or women in the center always has a lower rating on IMDb because like really well intentioned (laughs) people on the (laughs) internet uh, drive those ratings down. And which is so surprising because honestly, when I first watched this movie, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it just, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I was just really surprised that there had been such negative backlash, and it doesn't surprise me because it's it's a movie about women. It's a movie that is provocative in the literal sense. It is. Oh. I think it is intentionally meant to rile up some members of the audience. Sure. The way the the way it depicts male behavior and sure. conversations around um, f- from the perspective of young women in this film are meant to make some people uncomfortable, which is, you know, that's, I think most art to be good has to be a bit uncomfortable. And also, if you're getting upset, Hannah says more about you. Yep. Um. (laughs) Deep gasp in agreement. (laughs) Um, So to kind of just like lay out this movie, it's not much different than the other ones in setup. It is a sorority house full of young women who are being Mm -hmm. terrorized by, uh, slowly terrorized by a killer who is taunting them in the first two, it's via cell phone, and then the, or via phone. <laughs> Sorry, dumbass. No. Um, in the first two, it's via phone, mm-hmm. it's via cell phone in the 2006 one, and this one is completely over text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, this killer starts picking them off slowly, and then. But it's multiple. But it's multiple. Right. It turns out that it's not just one killer in this one. It's kind of like a hive mind situation. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's a little icky because it's like, well, were these pledges? Because we find, later find out it's these pledges of this fraternity, yes. the, uh, the fraternity of the founder the of this founder's college. Fraternity. Uh-huh. Um, it's very much seems like it's a lot of white bred men who look a certain type. It's very, I'm, um, like it's a bunch of Kavanaugh's. Sorry, Ryan like, not to make it that, that easy. Ryan yeah, Murphy, <laughs> Ryan Murphy types. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but truly, yeah, the Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh mystique. Um, and so it's kind of we learn that they're kind of like brainwashed with like the power of toxic masculinity to act this way yeah but it seems like it could be reversed because we have another male character who's pretty chill named landon and he Uh succumbs to the to the uh douchery of it for a little bit (laughs) so it's a little unclear like 
I feel like some those like minor rules are a little unclear. Um, but I think just the general idea was just, hey, uh, toxic masculinity is a black oozing goo. Right. It's, it is the, the masculinity is, um, or the, the, the wrongdoing in this is literally perpetuated by a, a truly like actually toxic in the literal sense like it is a like it is a some sort of like toxic sludge sludge it truly is like like a like fallout Mm. um yeah i'm of two minds about it on one hand i do i i like the idea of it being something that is like all men in this film can fall prey to it yeah well-intentioned or not Mm -hmm. on the other hand i don't love that it is like a supernatural thing because sure. I, I think that is a little bit, I don't think it fits the movie up to that point mm-hmm. um, is a pretty realistic in quotes, like, you know, like grounded film until they kill one of the masked assailants in their house. And one of the women goes like, why is there no blood? And it's this black <laughs> yeah. goo instead. And then it just kind of comes almost out of nowhere. And it's a little bit, just on like a screenwriting level, a little bit weird. Yeah. So the the, the idea is there's it's this fake college called Hawthorne University, and mm-hmm. it's founded by this guy named Hawthorne, who like a lot of uh, you know like white dudes in the like early part of this country were slave owning assholes, and he his bus was still on the college campus until recently when one of the characters, her name's Chris, mm-hmm. successfully petitioned to get it removed, and rather than having it like destroyed or whatever, it was like this this fraternity got a hold of it somehow yeah well it's the, it, it's like the founders fraternity so right they probably right maybe felt they could have it I don't, know. I don't know and there was like some weird they kind of when they're explaining it later there's this weird like explanation of they found inside this statue like instructions on how to tap into your you know yeah. alpha male or whatever yeah alpha male was the terminology yeah. used and there's this like goo coming out of the statue that when it's yeah. put on uh the pledges it becomes kind of like an activator Ooh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they go after women that they have like tokens of that mm-hmm. have been like stolen from them. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a little bit. Again, I like that it it presents the idea that like truly this any man is just like you know like one conversation with an asshole away from getting completely like indoctrinated into this mindset. But on the other hand, I think it's a little bit. I don't think it, like, lets people off the hook necessarily who are watching it who might feel like this applies to them until it becomes supernatural, and then they're like, oh, we're good. But I do think it's a little bit like, oh, that's a bummer. I kind of wish it was just... Not supernatural. A group of assholes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, I guess they had to make it a little bit heightened for it to be the level of behavior that they were exhibiting, but eh, I don't know. I, I find it a little bit of a letdown. Okay, that's fair. I didn't really mind it as much up on, like, on my first viewing, but mm-hmm. I know based off of, like, people's reactions online, that that was, like, something people didn't like, the supernatural aspect, but, eh. Yeah. I'm easy. I That's did... That's true, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> <was an> ugly <laughs> laugh. I did, um... I, I... Everything up to the assailants attacking, I think, is pretty great. I still like mm-hmm. the movie at, in the last act, but I think the building dread of, like, what's going on, why are these girls disappearing... Yes. I find that quite effective. Fun. And fun. Mm-hmm. I think the lead actress is pretty great. She's so good. Yeah. She really acts. Uh, Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots. Poots. Which I'm sorry, that name is Ms. Poots. I don't even know. I don't know if I'm absolutely obsessed with it or I think it's insane. Or it's, it's memorable. Both. 
it's memorable. And I like that, I don't know, they all looked like regular college girls. Like, obviously, they were still mm-hmm. all beautiful. But, um, I don't know, it was a little more of a diverse cast, which is great. And also, they just looked like regular, like, pretty girls. Like, it, you know, with 2006, it's, like, that very unrealistic, because of the culture very much, it's, like, that unrealistic look and feel and everyone's got midriff. And it's the very type. mean girls-y, but yeah, without the I mean, irony. Exactly. So, it was just nice to see, like, these are real girls. They're gorgeous, but mm-hmm. they also look like real girls. And um, they'll have uh, gender ambiguous names. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Riley, Chris, uh-huh. Marty, who Marty Jessie. looks very much like Olivia Hussey uh, in the original. I, I think she kind of has the long hair. Well, the uh, one Jessie, yes. who doesn't have a kind of gender ambiguous name is Helena, who's right. the one who turns out to be working with the, the guys, gr- the, with the dudes. With the dudes, which I thought was an interesting point too, although sometimes it, I guess maybe some of the moments didn't make sense, but I think the overall message with that character yes. that like, you can still play the game and you can still do everything that Absolutely. you think that you need to do, but you'll still get fucked up. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like shitty white women in politics yeah. <laughs> who are Don't kind it. of just like going along with it because either they truly do believe that this is like the way that men and women are supposed to behave and yeah. work together or not work together or they're just doing it to get ahead which is what this character seems to be doing because she keeps yeah. saying when they do turn on her and kill her in the name of the cause she's saying like i did everything right exactly so, well doesn't matter doesn't matter we're still gonna break your neck Miss Thing. Miss Thing. That's a very good Miss Dead Thing. Ooh. Ooh. I, I, I do want to point out, I think one of the best parts of the movie, and it's not really anything scary, but I think kind of it has the, um, thematically it really is what this movie is kind of about, is um, these group of girls are part of a sorority, as we mentioned, and they are obligated to go to like the frater- the main fraternity we were the main douche fraternities, like yeah. holiday talent show. <laughs> yes, or yes, yes. And so what they do is, as a group of girls, is they perform to, uh, what is it? What's the song? Hang on a second. Uh, up on a housetop. Up on a housetop. Up on a rooftop? Up on the rooftop. Up on the housetop. I thought it was rooftop. Up, up on, on a housetop. <laughs> is it really on a housetop? Yep. Yeah. I don't believe you. I'm just kidding. I know you're looking at it. <laughs> believe women. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, it's a version of that, but changed to up on the, up on the frat house. And it's literally them calling out the fraternity and mm-hmm. especially, well, actually, no, they don't say names, but they are calling them out for rape. Yes. Raping, um, this character, Riley, who's the main character of the movie. And by doing this, by singing this parody of the song, calling out the fraternity, you see all the men in the crowd get really annoyed. You see the women in the crowd get really like, excited. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. And I think, um, that song was really fun. Um, we'll show it online, but, um, actress or comedian, uh, Ricky Langholm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Oh, yes. She did like Garfunkel yes, and yes, Oates yes, and stuff. Yes, yes. She wrote that. Oh, no way. That's so yeah. fun. Or suppose, I think that's what it said. It's <laughs> 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 on IMDb, so maybe it's wrong, but. That's, that's, that makes sense. I, it sounds like something they would hire somebody for. Uh, yeah, a comedy writer for sure. But I, uh. Yeah, Ricky Lindholm. Benjamin Hanby. Oh, uh, something that did annoy me with the... Oh, no, Benjamin Hanby is the original writer of Up on the House Top. Oh. <laughs> I, I opened his IMDb, I was like, died in 1867. <laughs> oh my god, a, a ghost? A, a, good, good ghost writer? <laughs> no, Ricky, Ricky Lindholm, yes. She, she wrote the lyrics. Um, awesome. Uh, Karen, what's his name? Karen Elwes? Carrie Elwes? Carrie Elwes. Elwes? L-E-L-W-E-S. Elwes? Him. Elwes? Hot man. Princess Bride, man. He's in it, and he plays very well the kind of he's like the headmaster 
Um, he's kind of running the fraternity tomfoolery, and he's very much like, oh, that was a line I did enjoy in terms of just sometimes not being subtle is good. I just enjoy how <laughs> it's the end of the movie. Carrie is explaining the whole Yes, What's going on? he is a professor who was in this fraternity when he was growing up, and still yes, was a president. At like, one point. does stuff with them. Yeah, which is like grow, grow up. up, go get a gig. God, I went back to our college like the year after I graduated just to visits, and I like went to a party. And I was just like, this is not it. This oh is not the God. same. Like right away, it's you're just completely you're done. Seriously, I remember. Yeah. I just a year after I was like, oh, yeah, no. I feel out of place. I. I'm I'm outside this world. And yeah, that's okay. And that yeah, scary in the moment, but it's yeah, okay. you I just on. can't imagine being like constantly going back. Whatever, especially any age over like forty. Also, these houses, these off-campus houses. Are you fucking kidding me? Huge. H- Hempstead could never. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, in New York, where we went to school, you're not even allowed to have frat and sorority houses. Why? Hazing rules, probably. Whatever. I don't know. Um. Oh, okay, so, um, and near the end when uh, Carrie, the, Carrie Ellis is, is explaining, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, we found the bust, and... He's monologuing. He's monologuing, he's explaining the movie, and, you know, men have this alpha energy that we gotta let out, it's the rightful way. Yes. Um, women need to succumb, this, this, and that, and he's like, we will teach these men, they will fill up boardrooms, and um, juries, and mm-hmm. um, halls of Congress, yeah. and they'll continue this. And I was like, that is actually... Not only is that the realest motherfucking sentence in the world, but yeah. it's so scary. Yeah. Because where's the lie, Mary? Right. And like, is it subtle? No. Right. Is it truthful? Yes. Yeah. And that to me, I was like, that's scary. Yeah. That, that to me was very like, ooh, mm-hmm. he was not wrong. Oh, another thing about like these men being activated is it's not even just people like with the black sludge because like people just start getting migraines and that's like indicative oh, of... Oh, right. But we only see, the, see two male characters get headaches when they're, like, being activated by mm-hmm. this cult, and they're both, like, good guys. Mm-hmm. It's one of the girl in the sorority house's boyfriend who gets kicked out of the house because he starts to push back on some of their ideology, but then he comes back right away to apologize. Mm-hmm. And then it's the other person. So Tate, who's the boyfriend of Marty, he's the one who's like, yes. wait, why yes. are you yes. saying all men are rapists? Yes. Um, and then Langd- Langdon is the um, the cute guy yes. who... He's just vibing. He's, he's, he's fine. He's doing just fine. Yeah. So he's, I wonder if maybe the headache is like an indication that like their soul is in the right place and is like fighting against this indoctrination. Oh, interesting. But when it's happening to Langdon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, or Land- Landon? Landon or Langdon? Or Dangling? Landon. <laughs> Dangling? Oh, right, because Landon. I was thinking like Landon. More like Landon's. I was thinking of Landon's. Like cider. coming for Landon. Right. Um, what? Huh? He, when he gets his headache, one of the fraternity guys says, I wrote it down, <laughs> got a headache, bro? That's just, <laughs> wait, not That's done. <laughs> That's just the founder drawing out your true alpha. Right. And that's when I was like, oh, this is actually how people think. Like, not, I don't think people really are attuned to it in a supernatural way, but there is a, this, like, idea of natural suppression of uh, masculine power and again the red pill of it all it really is very some people have such views that are so opposed to mine i'm like part of me is like do you really believe that and then you meet some people and they're like oh you really really do mm. <laughs> that's why wow yeah if you use alpha on a regular basis describing yourself i i mean this with so much love please look into that 
I'm not judging you. I love you. Please just look into that. Right. And I'm somebody with sometimes a dangerously high level of self-esteem, and I still, <laughs> still would never do that. So. God bless, though. We, more of us should have dangerously high self-esteem. Sometimes it's bad. Um, it's fine. <laughs> it's to my own detriment. <laughs> oh, a moment of, oh, this rating is actually bumming me out, is... Um, and then the last scene, we have the girls of the sorority. Mm-hmm. Not just the main mm-hmm. sorority that we've been spending a lot of time with, but also of an, an other nearby sororities are fighting all these um, guys. Yeah. They're fighting all the guys at this main fraternity who are have been trying to kill them this whole movie. Um, Which is not nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> I will say what, say what is nice. The one girl who uses a menorah as a Yes! Like, <laughs> I so did notice that. Like, the scene's sacrilegious, but I also I, think it's hilarious. I have to say, I was like, is this bad? <laughs> <laughs> it is so <laughs> iconic. Um, but oh, what the character, I believe her name is Chris. She's the one who's a little bit more of like a pushier fighter throughout the whole movie. She uh, goes up to Dr. Uh, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Elwes' character and she says, hey, so-and-so, suck my... And she like throws um, like a, a fire lantern at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had to cut it because of the PG-13 rating. Originally mm-hmm. she said, suck my clit, and then threw it at him. They had to cut that? They had to cut clit. They had to cut the clit, girl. Cut the clit. Cut don't, the clit. don't cut the clit. Do um, not cut it. That is Please don't. They, they say dick a lot in the movie, though. Well. Because it's in that song. What do you think? What how, what, do you, what is your takeaway from that? That's movie? what I'm talking about. It's like, well, <laughs> well hold on now. Hold on. on. You ever hear of misogyny? A little bit of double Deeply standard. Important. And that's not on, obviously, the filmmakers. That's just on the No, censors. no, no. That's, that's just the standards by which things are considered bad or good in quotation marks. And um, I'm sorry, sucking on the clit, that is not a bad thing. No, neither is sucking on dick. Um, yeah. The overall premise is obviously is different. Not the overall premise, but obviously like the act, the second and third acts are different than the others. Mm-hmm. Because just because we have, like we said, the supernatural aspect, we have multiple killers this time. Um, yes. You know, the, and we see a lot of, uh, or a few moments where um, items that were used to kill the girls in the original movie are being used to kill the killers in this movie. Oh, okay. So, um, one of the other sorority houses, we see them at one point killing their I killer with this. the glass menagerie. Well, I liked it because uh, we build it up with the the, co- the security guard gets the call to come yes, to the house. Yes, And it builds up and you're thinking he's coming to the house to save them. Uh-huh. And he walks into a completely different, different sorority house, house. And the same thing is happening there. Exactly. Which we, as a viewer, you don't know. I really liked that. that I liked that, that a lot. Um, Film. Movies. Cinema. And uh, when the when those girls run into women, and they make point in the movie of, of so it being insisting on being called women. And I keep so. doing it, yeah. yeah. Me too. Sorry. See? Um, Nobody's perfect. We're all, we're all unlearning a lot. <laughs> I know you thought I was really, really perfect. Oh, there's the self-esteem. Right now. My one flaw is coming out. <laughs> um, oh, there's the self-esteem. <laughs> right. So when these women who are killing their killer in their sorority house run into Chris, who is driving a car and like getting to the main fraternity house, they're like, is it happening to you? Yeah, it's happening mm-hmm. also at like, I don't know, other sorority houses, like Gamma Delta and <laughs> Zeta. Um, <laughs> Epsilon. So that I love that. I love the idea of it being like an activation thing that's happening like on this one night. Yes. And that's where I'm kind of like, I wish it wasn't supernatural. Like I wish it was this like, this is a little bit dark, but like kind of like a concentrated effort, like almost like a January 6th type thing mm. where it's like, no, this thing was happening underground the whole time. We were planning yeah. this to happen tonight. Like, here we go. Yeah. You know, I, I think that would be kind of a little bit, that's that's more frightening to me. Especially after the, the sorority women 
see what I did there, uh, called them out at the Halloween, uh, the holiday party, (laughs) (laughs) wishful thinking. You know, especially that could have been like the activation of them going, okay, well now we've been waiting to really beat the shit out of these women, so let's do it today. It could even be a thing of like, you know, we've talked about for a long time, like what if we all just like dress up and killed them? Like, let's just fucking do it. What if we kissed? Brad, no. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I... That's why I feel two ways about the movie, and I can't say I, like, love it. I just like it. I do think it kind of... The the supernatural of it all doesn't necessarily let them off the hook, but it is... It's a layer to the movie that if somebody was looking at this movie and didn't want to see it as a reflection of true life, could go, oh, like, sure, sure, sure. well, you know, black goo or whatever is sure. not realistic. <laughs> it's not realistic. <laughs> so, therefore, I don't have to think about it. <laughs> I get that. I don't really mind mm. it as much, honestly. I liked that the character of Chris was kind of unpleasant. <laughs> like, if you've ever met somebody who's so in the world of, like, social justice and is, like, so for the causes that they are kind of an asshole. Sure. And I don't think that's, like, a bad thing necessarily. I think they're very focused on their cause. But I think it's pretty truthful that she's not, you know, most concerned with, um, you know, appearing what's the word like respectable like there's like it's like a repudiation of like respectability politics it's like now i'm not going to be nice just because it might help me get more respect mm-hmm. as a like mm-hmm. member of this class of gender you know it's like i should be given that regardless of how you might think of me as a person um uh-huh. i like that i think it's interesting to write kind of prickly characters like that sure yeah, I will say the only thing about that character I didn't like in terms of like, I guess maybe just storytelling. I know what you're gonna say. Um, wow, because I'm a woman. Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> but um, when she, um, just kind of the idea that she's like, Riley, you should just fight. You need yes, to fight more. I and, like, completely I see you fight agree. More. And it's like, although I love that energy, <laughs> that's the only thing that uh, you know that I think for me feels a little uh, not icky. I was just like, ah, that's ah. I don't know if that's really the right energy to go with personally. Um, I don't think forcing someone to sing a song outing yeah. their, their rapist while the rapist is there. I feel like that's really traumatic. It's really pushy. Yeah, really pushy. Um, but It's really conforming her... Is it not conforming? It's pushing this character to do the thing that the other character wants to do. Like, mm-hmm. Chris is probably like, in this situation, this is what I would do. And sure. isn't really considering Riley's whatever. Yeah. Um, I felt similar about, like, the fact that Chris posted the video of their song online without, like, Mm -hmm. telling anybody. And then, like, it included a thing at the end when they're running out. Like, the camera catches them saying, like, something about, like, that's what they get for, like, you know. I don't remember what they said. I think that'll teach him to rape another girl or something. Right. Something very I was going to (laughs) say, beautiful screw ending. Um, (laughs) That's rape. Yeah. (laughs) Heard of it. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit just kind of, like, necessary screenwriting, having this character not... Yeah, whatever. we gotta have... I mean, I'd rather them be all, all different than also, the same. Also, they're all women in their, like... They're, like, 19 to 21 years old. Girl, like, not, there are, <laughs> not the, not the best... Exactly. Not the best time for decision-making or considering others, whatever. Yeah, and I'm just saying this as a person who was at that age. Yeah. And was also not fully brainly... Fully brainly developed. Fully brainly. It's not developed now. It's... <laughs> Um, Fully brainly. The, oh yes, yeah, so they they killed the killers with um, the glass thing that we mm-hmm, talked about, mm-hmm. and then there was the plastic bag over the head. Yes, which yes, is, which I is think from the a, first one. Yeah, a little more of uh, like kind of the big first kill in the first one. Um, we see um, campus security being useless. 
that scene yep. is really great with Riley. Um, just really seeing her frustration when she's trying to tell them, like, hey, my friend's been missing. And they're, like, obviously being useless. Really dismissive. Putting mayonnaise on a sandwich. Campus security does suck. Hot take. <laughs> Not good. Not good. I once, um, I got in a, everybody was fine. I got in a car accident my senior year of college. And we were always told, like, if you have to, like, go to the hospital or something or, like, something happens, call public safety. That was, really? like, campus security. And oh, they will, like, wow. take you to the hospital or whatever. And I called them to be like, hi, because I had to go, some of our friends were still at the hospital. I had to go get them. I was totally fine. And social, social security, campus security was like, oh, we're on break. <laughs> oh my God. And I remember like some like school counselor like contacted me later because like this incident involved students and they were like, just checking up. And I was like, hi, actually, yeah, I do have a complaint. And I told her about that. And she's like, oh no, <laughs> that's not correct. I was like, yeah, I didn't think so. That's. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Up on a housetop, reindeer paws. Up on the here's my boobs. Reindeer paws. It's hooves. Who said reindeer paws? The actual song. Up on a house. Unless it's P A U S. Can you look it up? I don't know the. the Can you look it up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Um. I was pause like pause. Like hold on. I always thought it was pause. pause. I was like, the hooves. <laughs> That's where you draw the line. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Throughout this movie, there's a lot of moments of they clearly wanted to play a certain Christmas song, but either didn't want to or couldn't get the rights to it. Oh. There's one scene, I'll post a video of it because it was so obvious, where the characters are in a coffee shop and the music they're playing in the background, they clearly want you to think it's rocking around the Christmas tree um, <laughs> because it sounds like the beginning of that song with like, you know how in Rock on the Christmas Tree there's like saxophones and guitars are like and the chorus going like you know? In this one, it was that same like saxophony sound and the chorus singing, but it was like Slightly different notes, and then they never kicked into words. It was just that on a loop. I was like, I That's I can hear what you're trying to make us think is playing. I know it's not. I think at another point they also had, like, not last Christmas, but it was, like, last Christmas. One moment I did think was very well-directed, horror-wise, there's a character who might be the first kill. Frank. Not not the not the kill outside, the first kill in the house. The one who's like, I can't find my diva cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I'm sorry, I don't know if you can just put in your diva cup while you're standing like that. I have no idea. I have no knowledge on the subject. Yeah, I don't know. She did it with aplomb, so. I just feel like, unless you have like a really mushy-gushy situation, I feel like you might need to sit, you know, spread the legs out a little. It's like you're wearing jeans, a tight constricting thing. She was then, wearing like jeans, You know what yeah. I mean? And then she's just shoving it in and it's like, I feel like mm. I, but I, I've never used a diva cup. I just don't know. Exactly. Anyway. And that is feminism. <laughs> not knowing. <laughs> I have a right to not know. Um, um, but I think you're talking about her name is Fran. I think you're right. Um, there's a scene where she's looking for her cat mm-hmm. in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And the camera sits in the hallway while she tries different doors mm-hmm. and is like looking for the cat. The camera doesn't really move. She goes in one door and then like comes back out of it. And right behind her is a masked killer. And the camera like zooms in really fast. And he strangles her with Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. That was so clearly a reference to, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and then one of the best jump scares of all time, which is it from The Exorcist 3, mm-hmm. which we got to do someday. Yeah, yeah. So good. This, it's this incredible sequence. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It's this <laughs> incredible sequence where this nurse is checking doors in the hospital and it goes on for so long. It's this mm-hmm. long take. And then at, like, one point, she's, like, followed by this 
cloaked figure with like a sword and the, the camera zooms in <laughs> yeah. and the music goes like crazy and it's mm-hmm. so good and so scary and they were clearly referencing this and I really appreciate it because it showed that mm-hmm. they were like you know they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and it was very yeah because you follow her from like one side of the screen to the other following her and then you see the cat mm-hmm. um, in another corner and so your eye follows that and so you don't quite catch it so like by the time someone comes out to go strangle her you're looking in another corner. It really screen. gets you. So it yeah. really gets you. It's really um, smart. Yeah, very much an ode to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I, 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 that's why I, I think this movie is also maybe a good like first horror movie for right. a lot of people. It's yes. like very much like here's what some here's some great iconic shots and imagery and um, you know. I hope a bunch of Gen Z young girls had fun sleepovers watching this movie. Oh my god, I would love and continue to. Yeah. Like, uh, first day of winter break before Christmas. Oh my gosh, so iconic. Cute. I have a horror movie. Don't tell my parents. Oh. <laughs> uh, I say, if, uh, for maybe our listeners who don't, like, who aren't, like, too into much... What? Huh? I would say for our, uh, you listeners who maybe aren't into gore or maybe, like, something a little more political, I think this might be more of your thing. If, uh, you know, like we said, there's really not, like, blood or anything. Right. And it's not super scary. I mean, it's scary no. that there's people like in your house trying to kill you, which, you know. You know, if there's if there there are people who people do die. So if there that scares deaths. you. But the cat lives. Look out. The cat lives. Mm-hmm. Cat gets the final shot. She does. She goes, "What's this?" Delicious. Goo? What if what No, if the cat's going to be yeah, she's like <laughs> a, a, a dick. dick. <laughs> yeah. A dick. But that, no. No. <laughs> So yeah, that was Black Christmas 2019. I think it tracks pretty well with the original in that this the original is a very responsive movie to second wave feminism that was happening in the mm-hmm. like late 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And this is so clearly uh, in dialogue with modern day like social justice. Uh, third wave feminism is... Mm-hmm. Do we call it third wave feminism? Sure. Yeah. Um, we at the meetings. We? Me? So I, th- I think it's it makes sense that like this movie was made when it was and how it was. I think it mm-hmm. is representative of something and um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very diplomatic. And the second the the previous remake is just kind of just a gross movie. They were they were remaking a lot of horror oh movies gosh. in that era. Just like the font in that movie alone, I, I was so it was like you know 1976. It looked the font was so bad. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. The indicative like the timestamps. Oh my god, yeah, it was just what is this. But maybe we'll get so much backstory. Uh, oh, girl, I was like, I don't care about Billy's. Backstory. I don't care. I don't care about the incest and making cookies I out of your really own don't. skin, Mama. I don't care. It felt so much like how can we make this moment even crazier? Oh, she fucks her son and has a baby. Oh, he um, has this thing for plucking jaundice. eyeballs out. He oh has, yeah, he has like a liver like issue, orange. so he's yellow. <laughs> so strange. Really, like, what does that have to do with? Yeah, anything? he looks like like a Simpson. It was really really <laughs> odd. <laughs> the crossover. You didn't know you wanted. I, and. Still don't. Still don't. Still don't want it. Um, so yeah, this has been Halloweeners. Uh, happy holidays. Woo! <laughs> Merry Christmas. And happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, happy all that stuff. We'll uh, see you next year, probably. Probably. Thanks for sticking around. We're just going to create stuff as we can and oh, want yeah. to. So thank you for being along for the ride. Uh, Cody has his devil horns up. He's ready. Rock on. I, I feel like I can put this in. There's a Friday the 13th in January. So yes. very likely our next episode will be no, the totally. 9th Friday the 13th. Which is Jason Goes to Hell, which I've heard is terrible. Okay, well, yeah. so, we'll see well, you then. See you in January. <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> Jason. So sad.
Yeah, there's well, a there's a Friday thirteenth in January and then one in October and then that's <gasps> it. In October. Oh, I gotta save up for tattoos now. Jason X. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, Jason X. Jason oh, X and then it's Freddie vs. Jason and then the remake from two thousand nine. Oh my god, I wanna hear it. Kelly Rowland use gay slurs. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> Oh, I love that the producers were like, we didn't tell her to do that. They also didn't need to keep it in. Exactly. They could have dubbed over it. It's not like there was like a close-up shot in her face. It out or something. I'm, it's, it is unfortunately funny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Regretfully, I laughed. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so this has been Halloweeners. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, particularly... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Oh my god, uh, you can follow me on Instagram if you want, uh, at HeyKiraHey, but who knows? It's an abyss sure. at this point. Um, you can check out um, Leah Patterson, who does our artwork, at Leah Bean on mm-hmm. Instagram. You can find me anywhere at CodyMonster91. I'm on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram. You can find our theme music composer, Apre Pompeii, at Apre Pompeii on all those sites, and Spotify. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, was he on a podcast soon? Yes. They were on a podcast recently called Like What You Like, discussing the top albums of 2022. Iconic. So if you want to hear our theme music composer talk about music, give that a listen. Do it. Podcast I crossover. Will. I will too. Oh. Shit. Well, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>